Hello and welcome to Popcast. I'm your co-host Rose Kelly and joining me is my co-host and co-editor Kelly Lorraine Andrews. Hi, hi, hello. Welcome to the podcast. We are editors at Pretty Owl Poetry, a quarterly online lit mag that accepts poetry, flash fiction, and art. And you are listening to the podcast. So it's been a while since we've recorded one of these. Yes, it has. A lot's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess today we'll just play a little catch up, um, let you know what's going on with pop these days. And we're going to get into some other writerly topics as we usually do. Yeah, we have actually gotten some listener feedback, uh, some questions about things like developing a writing community or practice, um, getting more involved in a literary community. Um, And I think these are both things that Kelly's really good at. So I will be the questionnaire today. (laughs) (laughs) That's for usual. I mean, this is kind of how it usually goes. It's true. Um, So I'm like recovering from a head cold. So if I sound a little scratchy or just like nasally or whatever, please forgive me. Um, Some news items that I wanted to share, though, is that we have a Pop Presents reading in December at White Whale Bookstore in Pittsburgh. Um, It'll be taking place Sunday, December 15th from 5 to 7 p.m. And we'll be featuring four readers from our latest issue, uh, Marina Feck, Stephen Lynn, and Joshua, I have no idea how to say this last name, but I'm going to try, Zelesnik and Rebecca good. Martin. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah. um, read all their work in our last issue. Um, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, please come by and listen to them read their stuff. Um, and other news, it's just like, there's always like this fantastical big news, I feel like, from our past contributors. And recently, past contributor Cameron Barnett, who we just featured on our last podcast, won one of two Carol R. Brown Creative Achievement Awards, which came with a $15,000 prize. Go Cam. Um, yeah, so huge, 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 huge congratulations to Cameron. He's totally on fire right now with winning awards, and it's, like, so deserving. Um, he talked to us about a grant that he received uh, from, I think it's, like, the Pittsburgh Literary Arts Council for, it was, like, $8,000 to write his next book. So he's just, like, doing, he's doing the things. He's he doing, is. He's, really poting hard right now and i'm really proud of him so yeah if uh, you're trying to do the same thing listen to episode 14 and uh, figure out how to get money to write your books exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in other contributor news stephanie Colley's, uh who stephanie's also a person i went to graduate school with and she's just incredibly talented her first book uh titled my heart but not my heart won this year's slope prize and it was chosen by solmez sharif which I don't know if I'm saying their last name right either, but they're a really great poet. Um, And My Heart But Not My Heart was basically the manuscript that Stephanie was working on through a lot of grad school. So I'm super thrilled for her to see that it's getting published because it's so good. Um, It'll be out in March 2020. And then her second book, Animal Mineral, just like won the Yes, Yes Books Open uh, Reading reading series prize whatever so it'll be out in the spring of 2021 and then on top of that her first chat book a wilderness was just released from gazing grain press so you can go to their website and order that um and that covers like i think this is some pretty big news yeah that's a lot They're of big really news. Doing great work out there um you, you know, also, if you're listening and you want to know about the other stuff that's going on, like the littler things um, that our contributors are doing, you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter where we put in highlights from, you know, pe- people's work that's being featured in other journals, et cetera. 
And you can do you can sign up for that by going to our website and under the about section, there's a there's a tab that says join our monthly newsletter. And you just click in there and you put your email in and then you can get all this news once a month in your inbox. Yeah, and it also features what all the editors are reading, writing, and listening to, which is super stressful for me to answer every single month for some reason. <laughs> I like had those last the last time that you know. Rachel, who's our editorial intern, sends out a, you know an email to ask us what we're do- you know what we're listening to and all that. I like I was like I think I'm just writing the same stuff. I mean like I'm constantly just watching BoJack Horseman. <laughs> and, like months. That's the only show I'm watching right now. So it just looks like my stuff is like this. And I'm and I'm reading like you know two or three different books in which I pick up one and put down another. Yeah. So it just looks probably like I'm reading and do and I'm really just listening to Lizzo and Beyonce. Like those. Yeah, I really am just totally. very boring. I guess at this point, but maybe maybe something new will come out that will really. I'll listen to that for another three months and then people will just like, God, she like obsesses over everything. I'm like, yeah, that's my life. I have the same quandaries. So, (laughs) okay. So let's get into some of these questions. I think they're really great. Um, So the first one is about, you know, how do you go about developing a writing practice or routine? And is this important? And why is it important if it is? Kelly, I think you should start. Um, Okay, so I think you know it's hard to it's hard to like get yourself to do any you know to do any kind of practice or routine or habit. Um, if you really want to get into a writing routine, I think a good place to start is to commit yourself to writing for a very short time every day. So you could make a plan to write for five minutes every morning. Um, and allow this to be any kind of writing. So, you know, start simple. It could be a description of the room you're sitting in or a list of goals you'd like to accomplish that day or week or month or whatever. Um, but like the key really is like create a, create a practice of writing any kind of writing, um, and be gentle with yourself. Uh, so I'm also like, this is funny. Cause like my partner, Noam, like does this kind of the similar work with like um he'll pull a tarot card and sometimes just do a free writing which i think is also a great way to you know get yourself writing um but he also keeps track of different projects that he's working on by crossing off um days on a calendar so i think that that's also great advice you know there's nothing more satisfying than crossing off a day with a black marker um to know that you did something though i will say google calendars is kind of my best friend um and how i keep track of everything that i'm doing so anyways once you've made it through say a month of writing for 5 minutes every morning you could bump it up to 10 minutes um and i think that that's like a really reasonable place to start um and this is like something you know i still struggle with but i'm trying to get better at there's never enough time in the day to accomplish everything um, but saying, okay, I can devote five minutes to this one thing is totally manageable goal in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a good way to start. Um, I mean, I think like speaking for personal experience, I feel like if you – for me, if I weren't – if I don't build that in, it's not going to happen otherwise. I think, you know, for people that have a lot of responsibilities, whether you work a full-time job, you have children, I don't know, other things like, you know, uh, demanding your time – you really have to build it into your week in some way. As Kelly said, it could be like five minutes a day. It could be longer. Um, I think too, like it requires a lot of reading as well. Um, Getting familiar with other journals and where your work might fit. Um, This is, of course, I'm speaking to somebody who like wants to get published. Um, 
you know, I think our routines have a way of becoming our life. Um, and eventually that can build into something great over time, but it takes that consistent practice. Um, this is like totally different than writing, but you know, I, um, work out every day. And I, if, to be honest, if I treated my writing the way that I treat my time in the gym, I would probably write a lot more um, because I go to the gym for an hour every morning at 530. Um, and then it's done and it's out of the way. And it's like, it's like a non-negotiable for me at this point in my life. Um, so yeah, if I treated my writing that way, um, <laughs> I'd probably write a lot more. But you know, I think the other thing is that we're, you know, back to that like time demand thing. I have found, and I don't know if this is the case for you too, Kelly, but some of my best ideas and anything I even just jot down from those ideas comes from when I'm, you know, technology free, like no phone, no laptop, no TV, um, when I'm like on an airplane or when I'm on a walk or when I'm in the shower or in the car. Um, and so any way you can kind of like capture your thoughts in those kind of moments, because those can turn into like lines of poetry or beginnings of essays or stories, um, and I think it's like important to kind of strike when the iron is hot and you have this like flash of something you need to get out now. Um, some of the work that I have published is actually a result of that where I just like hand wrote an essay and, you know, kept going back and revising it over and over in like a particular moment. Um, I think too, you know, they, they, we talk, I think writers talk a lot about days that you're just stuck and like you, you know, do I have to force myself to write? I mean, maybe on those days, that's when you cut yourself a break and you lessen the amount of time that you're doing it. Um, maybe you don't get much good on the page, but perhaps a line a two or two or a phrase is something you can use down the road. Um, I've reread journals from like 15 years ago and sometimes thought like, that was a really good line that I never used. Maybe I'll find a place for it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I think like just write something, even if it's just like journaling, reflection, just one sure. sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add to that? No. It's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Like I hate to be like, you have to write every day. It's, I just don't think it's like that. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I think that, yeah, I mean, creating good habits is a hard thing to do. And you, I think starting small is like the easiest way to like get into it, get into them. Most definitely. Okay. Uh, I guess we can move on to the next question about literary communities. So somebody asked, how do you get involved in a literary community? What is a literary community? <laughs> why do I have to be a part of it? And why is it important to show up for other writers? Kelly, I think this is the perfect question for you to jump into first. Cool. So um, I think there's a lot of ways you can be involved in the literary community. Um, showing up for readings and events is like the most obvious way, in my opinion. But you could also try other things. Like you could apply to a journal to be a reader of their poetry or fiction or do an internship with them or you know, offer to volunteer in some way if they have, if they host events, you know, you could offer to do some kind of publicity for their events, things like that. Um, you'd even just send an email to a writer or editor and say, hey, I really like and appreciate the things that you're putting out into the world. I think that's just as important as like, I mean, that's like, that's being involved in the literary community just as much as showing up to an event is. Um, similarly, if you read something online that you're just totally swooning over, share it with others on social media or via email or whatever it is. Like, you know, it's just really good to be, I mean, I just think that like saying like, Oh, Hey, here's this thing, especially whenever it's like free and online is a great way to be a participant. Um, 
because you aren't asking people to buy anything. You know, you're just like, hi, here's this beautiful thing that I have found. I want to share this with you. And I think that that's like a great way to be involved. Um, in general, I think it's important to stay involved or engage with other writers work in order to grow as a writer. Um, I find it incredibly inspiring to see like what others are creating in the world and, you know, you want people to do the same thing for you. Like, you know, you want people to show up to your readings and read your work and et cetera. So I think that there's just like that reciprocity that it's good to be involved in the literary community because you want other people to be like there for you as well. Totally. And I like, I like your suggestion. Like those are all really good suggestions of ways to get involved. I like the one of like just sharing a link to a journal or whatever, because I don't know, I think supporting local art is sort of like a must. Um, whether it's like writers, artists, craftsmen's uh, craft. Wait, yeah, that's the right word. Um, I, I don't know. It's like the way to keep the medium alive. Like I know just yesterday I shared something on Facebook of a friend of a friend who makes like, you know, pots for succulents and she's really cool and she's like branching out and trying this new thing and I think she's talented. So I shared Aww. it. Yeah, because I'm like, as, you know, you got to support it because like my network of people don't don't overlap with her network. So there's a whole new network to share it with. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think like in terms of communities, like locally, I think it depends on where you live. I think if you look hard enough, you can probably find them anywhere, but some places are just more of a natural fit. I mean, I know when I lived in Pittsburgh, I definitely felt more part of a literary community, mostly because of you, Kelly, and like the people that we met in the writing group that you were hosting and the readings in town. Um, when I moved, you know, when I lived in DC, I did not feel that way back in the day. Um, and I live in New Jersey now and definitely don't really feel a strong sense of like a writerly community. I mean, there's kind of one in the college town where I work, um, but it's mostly like really, really young people. And I don't know, I just don't feel like the work really matches like what I'm, what I do. So I don't feel like I naturally fit there. Um, so I, I kind of think it's like shaped why I'm not really engaged so much in literary communities. And I do so more virtually through like involvement with pop um, so I guess you don't have to really be a part of a literary community, but I, I do think the support you can receive from it can be super beneficial. Um, just like any group that you're a part of though, it can, there can be like, it can get clicky and you can get in a vacuum of people that are like very similar to you. And so branching out is probably an important thing, but yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I've really lucked out with Pittsburgh because, it's just, it's amazing, like, how strong the literary community is here. Um, and just to, like, toot our own horn, uh, recently, a local writer who, he's an editor of Logos Press, who published Taylor Greeshober's first book of fiction, who we published years ago. And Taylor is a good friend of ours, uh, who we should probably have on the podcast at some point. Yeah, good idea. But Christopher Collins wrote this article about how Pittsburgh is quote unquote Litzburg, which is actually like, this is getting into be like a really convoluted story, but like Litzburg is a, is a resource for Pittsburgh writers and editors that tells about all kinds of different events that are going on, new books that are coming out. And, you know, Christopher gave pretty Al a, sh a shout out in the, um, in the article that he wrote, which was really exciting. We have it, it's up on our social medias right now. Um, and it'll be in our newsletter, but it was really thrilling to like see somebody talk about like how involved people are in the Pittsburgh literary community and then to also like be a part of that was really great too yeah definitely 
I always felt that there was a strong community there. I also, you know, when I, I went to grad school in Baltimore, and I feel like that community is still like going strong. I still see connections made from like grad school friends and colleagues at work. And so, yeah, it sort of depends on where you're yeah. at. But okay, the next question, and this is definitely, I feel like, an all Kelly question. <laughs> um, so the person asks, what does it mean to be a feminist literary journal compared to just being a literary journal that occasionally accepts feminist works? And why is it important to be a feminist publication? So this was like a, this was a really hard question. I had to think about this for a while. Um, like why it was important to me that we identified as a feminist literary journal I think probably the simplest answer is that we were already publishing work that was like pushing back against the patriarchy or we were incredibly conscious about who we were publishing, what the gender dynamic looked like in each issue. Like I, I was very much like, we hardly have any women in our issue. You know, like I made sure that we were talking about those sorts of things. Um, and I just like couldn't think of any reason to shy away from that label. Um, as a, you know, feminist literary journal, I think, poetry and storytelling and art rarely escapes the politics of its time. And, you know, unfortunately we're still not receiving equal pay. Um, my mother was just telling me about a guy at her work making inappropriate sexual quote unquote jokes. Um, you know, there's so many pieces that come into us that are with trigger warnings and the cover letters about sexual assault. Um, these things are still happening. So I think that saying that we're a feminist publication and publishing work that centers around those issues sends a message that this type of behavior and societal expectations is not okay with us. Um, I think we have a great platform and audience. And honestly, like if our about page on our website scares off some straight cis dudes from sending us shitty poems that are just like one long meditation on the glory <laughs> of the female body, then thank God we're a feminist journal. Cause I am like so tired of reading stuff like that. And we've had people, you know, people send in stuff like that. So yeah. I think that, you know, it was important to me because I, I wanted to own that. I wanted us to be like taking a stand or like, you know, not being complicit, I guess, for like yeah. the world that's happening around us basically. Well, and I think too, you know, female voices are underrepresented in general. I mean, in the liter literary sphere and elsewhere and, you know, giving feminist voices a space is really important right now and, you know, going forward. And I and I will say, like, you know, I think people get confused about, like, what it means to identify as a feminist journal. Because, I mean, while the work, you know, uh, focuses on what you were just saying, like, we also accept work that, you know, doesn't. So right. it's, it's not like <laughs> it's not like all of it is, you know what I mean? Right. It's not a prerequisite to be published. It exactly. Be feminist. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like. And I think, you know, we're also trying to just thinking about like the gender dynamics. Like I've been making an effort to to like be sure that we're including non-binary writers and um, you know, just like tr just trying to like be really inclusive um, in who we publish and aware of that is really important to me. So uh, in my mind, I think feminists probably just like encompasses all of those things even though that's probably that's like not really the definition of feminism right. but um it's like a goal to you know like i think that being as inclusive as we possibly can in our journal and representing as many voices as possible is like really what matters and um if we can say that from the you know like why not say that from the start like 
Yeah, exactly. You know, can we go back to like something we were talking about earlier, um, which is like ways to get involved? I was just wondering if you could share, because I think there are roles you can play at literary journals that people might not be aware of. Um, Because, you know, you often sort of like wait around for like a job to be posted, like fiction editor at wherever. But, you know, Kelly, have, have people emailed you asking to help with Pretty Owl? And what did they ask to do? And, you know, for our writers out there who want to get involved but are maybe afraid to, like, take that first step, like, what would you recommend? I believe, like, I think earlier on we did have some – before we were even doing internships, I think we had a couple of people email and ask about – or it was, like, in their submissions they were, like, they expressed interest in being involved with Pretty Owl. Um, And I think at that point in time I just, like, couldn't take on – you know, having another person like under my wing, basically. Um, But I think that it's a very good idea, like, especially if you're a young writer, um, or you're just, you know, you want a career in publishing, and you're just starting out to just email editors and inquire if they have anything available and say, you know, like, um, I think that, you know, being a social media coordinator is a great first step in, in terms of jobs that, you know, places will probably have opening, uh, that will probably have open. Um, oh, what else, what else can you do with a journal? I mean, I think fundraising is a really great way too to get into it. Um, cause journals and, and magazines always want money. You know, we all, yeah. so we're like, that's I mean, good way to offer your services. Like what if like, I mean, I don't know if this has ever happened, but like if a past contributor came to you and we're, and we're like, I want to help you host a reading. Oh, that's interesting. Like, would you be uh, like, yeah, cool. Or would you be like, eh, I gotta think about that. I'd have to think about it, but that's because yeah. I'm like a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> I personally would be like, that sounds great. Like, cause I hate event, event planning. Um, but I see what you mean. Like we're you'd totally, want to- we're totally different personality types though. You know, like, like we did that episode where there was a little bit of an echo and, um, you know, you were like, Hey, there's a little bit of an echo on this episode, and, and my response, of course, was like, well, "What should we do?" And like in my mind, I was thinking, "We'll have to record the whole thing over." And you were like, "I think we're just gonna have to accept that it's like not perfect." <laughs> and I was like, oh "My God, <laughs> it's definitely not ideal." You're totally right, but like that's you know we we are very different personalities in that respect. So I think that it makes sense that you that's would be like, funny. yeah, that sounds cool. And I would be like, mm, I need to think about this. <laughs> it's funny. You make me sound so easygoing because I think some of my friends would say that I'm a little OCD because I do tend to get like, I get controlling about certain kinds of projects. And like, yeah, it's it's just, I guess I only ha- I have like a bandwidth issue. I can only care about like so many things. So I care about like the top three things and then the rest I'm like, ah, I actually learned that from my boss. She was sort of, she, no, she was sort of like, you can only care about so many things. Like if you care about every single thing, you're just going to go nuts. But yeah, no, but yeah it's true. a lot could go wrong, I guess, if you had somebody like helping with a reading and it was like, it could be a total shit show, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you just don't, it's, I mean, and I think that if like I knew the person and trusted the person, it would be a different thing than just if somebody who we published who happened to live in the same city who I knew nothing about asked me, I think that I would be a little bit more hesitant. Right. Um, That's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, those are about all the questions. This might be a shorter episode. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add. I think we about covered it. Our winter issue won't be out until after the new year we 
publish it a little bit late so that we can give ourselves some time for the holidays. Um, so don't expect to see that until like the first week of January sometime or maybe the second week in January. Yeah. Um, and the reading, that's like, that's our big news really is yeah. the reading coming up in December and then we'll have, uh, our newest. I don't know what that was. What? Oh, there's just like a big sound of like paper shuffling. Oh, weird. Oh, and you got very quiet. What's going on? I, I guess it's time to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Mercury's in retrograde. We want to thank all of our listeners, as always, for tuning into podcasts, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever wherever else you find your podcasts. Uh, please don't forget to rate and subscribe, review, do all the things, and send any of your questions and comments to prettyoutpoetry at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. 